Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell coming at you. Es Viernes! Oh, let's go! <laughs> es Viernes! Mucho Viernes es muy bueno! <laughs> we have uh, some sad and sombering news to report today that this is going to be our last ever podcast. So this uh, it's been a fun run, but uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, decided uh decided to pretty much shut it down. We've had some personal conflicts. Uh we we've actually really decided uh it's not working out. Uh it's it's not profe- we we we're lined in terms of professional goals, but it turns out our our personal uh qualms with each other are really <laughs> just derailing this entire uh, you know, going to derail this entire podcast and we're gonna we're gonna each go into our own separate uh, business ventures here. April Fool's Day, assholes! <laughs> hey, <laughs> I had to throw that out there. <laughs> Hopefully, pretty sure everybody listening probably knew we were joking, but uh, I did not see. I did not know oh, yeah. that was coming. Gotcha. <laughs> I, yeah, I was. Well, <laughs> I got one person. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting there agreeing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our question of the day can be from a team that you followed growing up, but <clears throat> what prospect were you super high on that you're like, damn, he is going to be the next fucking big thing and just did not pan out at all? It can be any sport. Well, okay, I've got two. I've got really two guys uh, in terms of like, well, so NBA-wise, I was so so hard on tj ford of the bucks Mm -hmm. when he was drafted i was all in and you know he he was an absolute baller out of ut great just just awesome player and when he was healthy he was amazing his rookie season he was absolutely awesome i thought he you know it was the combination of him and michael red that I'm thinking, oh my, like, Bucks have two Michael young guards. Red, damn, there's a throwback to yeah, Damn Shit. right. Damn right, Michael Red. That that combo TJ Ford, Michael Red, Andrew Bogut ends up getting thrown into the fold. At the time, I'm think, I'm sitting here thinking, this is a trio, a young trio that can absolutely be built around to... I was hoping for just the playoffs, playoffs, given how putrid the Bucks had been for so long, that I'm just I'm just hoping we can get into the playoffs. TJ Ford was awesome when on the when when he was playing, but he ended up having back issues. He had spine issues. Uh, you know, he had uh, multiple spine surgeries, which ultimately ended up derailing his career. But he was one of my he was. When he came into the league, he immediately put on a show in the NBA, and it was it was awesome. I mean, he, amazing finisher and everything. Uh, as far as as far as baseball goes, as well, uh, I was <laughs> Alcides Escobar was was my dog. Uh, you know, he he was you know he he came into the major leagues still wearing braces, <laughs> which. <laughs> You don't see every day. Uh, I I had an Escobar jersey, and and everything. He was he was my favorite brewer at that time because the Brewers are so just as putrid as the Bucks were when I was pumped about T.J. Ford. Just brutal. 
so I was really amped up about Elcides Escobar as well. He didn't really end up panning out for much either, but uh, he was a key piece in that in that trade. Him and Lorenzo Cain were a key piece in that trade for Zach Granke in that trade in the trade with the Royals to bring Granke over to the Brewers. So Jacob Rizzi was also in that trade. Pretty good haul that the Royals ended up getting for Granke, but I it's one of, again one of those trades that ended up working for both pieces where. Lorenzo Kane, Odorizzi, and Alcides Escobar helped get the Royals a World Series. And Granke was a great one-two combo with Giovanni Gallardo for the Brewers when the Brewers were in, you know, really trying to compete for, for the playoffs. So great, you know, great trade for both sides. And that's kind of why I'm also a little bit of a Royals fan on the AL side. Nice. I've got one from football, one from baseball. I'll start off with the football one. And this was a guy that played out in the Pac-12 that I was pretty high on at the time when he was in college. Didn't have a great team around him, so it was kind of questionable, but thought the talent was there. And you'll be familiar with this name, Joe. This is uh, Mr. Brett Hundley of the UCLA Bruins. So, Look yeah, at that. I always liked him. I had a jersey that I got from China <laughs> of his the UCLA jersey there. But, no, I I always thought he was going to be pretty solid. I knew he wasn't going to be a first-round pick, but thought he'd be somebody like a day-two guy that could make an impact and just never really panned out, just didn't have the tools to well, be, it, make it. He had one of those, he had a, one of those weird college careers where – I think he stayed one year too long because he ended up being a fifth rounder. And I think if he would have came out the year before, I think he was kind of trying to go the Geno Smith mm-hmm. route where Geno was, you know, there were talks of Geno. Hey, he's, you know, he, he, if he stays around another year and proves himself, he could be the number one overall pick the following year. Geno stays around, ends up as a second round pick. Brett Hundley had a lot of hype. I think if he would have gone out that year, Probably could have been a first, second round pick and gotten a really legit shot at an NFL job. Ends up sticking around one year, one year too long, really, at UCLA. Gets nitpicked a little bit. Goes into a, goes to a fifth as a fifth round pick and ends up being you know a career backup. So what it's it's that's got to be such a hard that's got to be such a such a hard decision to make on what's the right time to come out unless you're, you know, a Trevor Lawrence type of a prospect. My yeah. sucks for those two that that's that came out one year too late. Same thing with Jacob Eason came out one year too late and ends up, you know, hopping not around. getting that. Not not saying that that would have affected his long term. Any of these guys long term NFL, you know, potential, but you don't. You're not. You certainly don't get that same payday if you end up as a fifth round pick rather than a first or a yep. second. My baseball one. Uh, we'll be talking about this team a little bit later on, but it is from the Cubs, and that was Corey Patterson. Corey Patterson was a really highly touted prospect oh, in the early the lefty. Yep, left left handed yep, early two thousands, and just never never really panned out. But he was so hyped up, and he made his major league debut, and thought he was going to be the next big thing and help the Cubs to get to the playoffs or win a world series and just never panned out. So he was, he was supposed to be, I mean, he did definitely absolutely look the part, you know, left-handed sweet swing, good speed, great, you know, solid with the glove as well. 
I don't. Uh, that's a name that I have. I've yeah. obviously like can't believe that is still in the back of my brain somewhere. Yeah. So but, I thought it'd be a yeah, fun he was question legit. to kind of bring back some guys that maybe we had kind of forgotten about. So it's always uh, fun that's, to that's take great. the old trip down memory lane. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. You want a gel? You can follow him at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. If you like joshing around, you can follow me at Das JPEC. That's at D A S J P E C. Give us both a follow or good follows on Twitter, pushing out social media content. Send us in any questions that you have. We'll answer them on the next podcast or hit you back if you need something quick. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Gel, is it uh, is it cold there today? You got a sweatshirt on, I see. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little uh, not. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say nippy, <laughs> but uh, got that got that nice breeze going. So I got I got a little got the hoodie on, but the zip up zip up with the hood. But still rocking the athletic shorts on, on, you know, not that you guys need to know what's going on underneath, <laughs> but that's what's happening under underneath. What are you uh, sipping on to give you that nice beer coat? This is a citrus IPA from New Belgium. Ooh. Very tasty. Very. A- a- actually, it's, it's really damn good. Really damn very good. Nice. I am back to an old friend here. I had one left in the fridge, and that is Hazy Hero from Revolution Brewing. Hey. Having that for my entree, and then I've got a nice uh, bonbon chocolate milk stout ready for dessert once I get done with that one. Frickin' so, yeah. hey, let's get at it, daddies. Yes, <laughs> yes sir. Yeehaw. Should be a uh, Better start episode. drinking now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, happy Friday. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, first piece of news, we teased it yesterday. MLB had been teasing on their social media that they had a big news announcement for Wednesday and come to find out. They're doing a little take on the Home Run Derby. It's the Home Run Derby X, and essentially how it works, still is kind of up in the air a little bit, but there's going to be four teams that are, I guess, four players on each team that are representing four teams in the league. That is the Los Angeles Dodgers, Boston Red Sox, Chicago Cubs, New York Yankees, and essentially what they're going to do, they're going to travel around to different locations. There's stops in London, Seoul, Korea, Mexico City, and they're going to have a little home run derby action, but it's kind of a twist. I was reading an ESPN article, I believe, or the MLB article on it, trying to get as much info as I could on it, and essentially the batters are going to be batting from up on a stage the pitchers are going to be throwing from on top of a stage so it's kind of interesting there and the field is going to be shortened from the outfield in and also widthwise shortened as well and the twist that's going to happen with this is each batter that comes up you get a point if you hit a home run there's going to be targets out in the field as well that if you hit the target then you get a point for that and another fun twist on this is there's going to the opposing team, I believe, or I'm not sure if it's your opposing team or your teammates are out there fielding. So if you don't hit a home run, 
and somebody catches it, they get a point. So I believe it's the opposing team. So you can get points three different ways there. Essentially, they had said that it's going to be like MVP Baseball 2005 where there's different targets out there. Don't have you yes. don't have the old tractor going around the warning track though. That was always my favorite yeah, you can target. Just try to yes. <laughs> but essentially it's gonna be like that and kind of go from there with it. It's gonna start, I believe, uh sometime in July, but they have different players um depending on um pulling it up here. Give me just a second, bear with me. So they're going to get each batter is going to get 25 pitches. You can take up to 10 pitches. So there's going to be 35 potential total pitches. Targets are going to be placed 160 feet from home plate. And then two beyond the outfield fences. So you're going to get extra points if you hit those. Every team. So the four players that are going to make up the team, there's going to be one MLB legend that I'll put legend in quotes because i'll read off the names here in a second <laughs> but there's gonna be one former retired one player. former retired <laughs> player that played on one of those four teams a superstar that hails kenny lofton a superstar he could play for three of those teams probably I'm surprised it wasn't all four actually <laughs> a superstar that hails from the world of softball or women's baseball a rookie from a men's baseball development system and a wild card who is an influential content creator. So we'll uh, go there. But uh, I'm interested to read off some of these players for you, Jill. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know who these players are. So this is gonna be a this is a live this is a live uh, reaction. Yes. Um. I guess from I'm me. gonna read the team. You give me one guess, and I'll tell you if you're right or not, and then read off who it actually is. So we'll see if you can get any of these four right. We will start off with the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, who's the guy that hit that one leg? Oh no, run? not that long ago. This is all within probably the last like ten to fifteen years. That was Kirk Gibson. Uh, Matt Kemp. Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so Adrian Gonzalez is also going to be joined by Ashton Lansdell as a superstar. It's coming from the softball or women's Super baseball star. world. Oh, okay. or And uh, Yungi Kwok as the wild card. So that's the influential creator. The rookies are is all going to be announced at a later date. So. It's just the wild card's influential content creator, so you can decide where that is coming from. <laughs> is Jake Paul in any of these? <laughs> no, he is not. Thank God. <laughs> it's the only influencer that I know, like the, the Jake Paul and Logan yes. Paul. <laughs> Moving on to the Red Sox. The Red Sox, who do you who do you think from there? Big Papi. No, it is Johnny Gomes. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What? What? Johnny Go Okay. <laughs> He's not even known as a Red Sox player. He's I I think of him more as as a from the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I don't think of him as a freaking bring in Johnny Damon or something at least like, you know, Johnny Oh, that would be epic. Johnny bring in Johnny Damon, he grows out his long hair again. Right. Get the that would flowing. be sweet. Not not a great home run hitter. <laughs> Johnny Gomes probably does give him a pretty good shot at at I guess hitting homers, but yes. come on, Gomes. I guess he. D I think I think I think I think Johnny Gomes did win an 
World Series or World Series MVP or something during one of their runs. So I guess maybe that's why. He's going to be joined by Paige Halstead as the superstar, Liv Cook as the wild card. Moving on to the Yankees. (laughs) There's a lot of legends they (laughs) could have picked from, but uh, (laughs) I wouldn't consider this guy as one. What? Uh, well, bring back a Rod. I'm sure the Steinbrenner family loves him. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Jason Giambi. No, it is somebody I that uh, likes to. Sm- Honey, I got Matsui. No, it's uh, Nick Swisher. Sweets. <laughs> oh, okay. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Swisher is um okay. Swisher is probably one of my favorite guys in baseball. He has so much damn fun with everything that he does. I I love him. I I think they took him off the Fox broadcast. I don't I didn't I don't remember seeing him on the Fox broadcast last season. They he's he's like the best he's like the best personality in in Major League Baseball. They better they somebody's got to bring Swish back because that guy's awesome. The energy level is insane. He's going to be joined by uh, Erica Piancastelli as a superstar, Stefania Aradias as the uh, superstar. What is that? Yeah, as a superstar, and Daniel Corral. Yep, Corral. Matt Corral's brother? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Not sure there. <laughs> and then lastly, we have the Chicago Cubs. Who do you think's making a comeback here? Oh. Oh. Moise Salou. Oh, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, give me let me let me one give me one more. Marlon Bird. Ooh, nope. Come on. That would have been that would have been sweet. So I'll, I'll read off the superstar in the wild card first. Alex Hugo is a superstar and Spencer Owen as the wild card. The former MLB player. I once rocked a jersey of this guy. It is Mr. Gio. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Give me a guess. Or, or give me give me a hint. Um, He once served. Uh, like what year? He once served an MLB suspension for smoking marijuana. <laughs> That's that's so many Cubs. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> um, this might Ben Marlon Bird. He was their Marlon Bird's been suspended like nine times. He was their catcher during their like oh Giovanni Soto. Giovanni Soto. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Giovanni Soto making a comeback. Wow. <laughs> that's that'll be fun. So Soto. Nick Swisher. Or what are the four? What are the four major league players? Johnny again? Gomes, Nick Swisher, Sweets, Gio Soto, <laughs> and Adrian Gonzalez. So that's be gonna be that'll be fun, man. This will be yeah. Fun. So just the major league's goal of this was not to obviously compete with the home run derby at all, but just to kind of have something else to get other viewers into the baseball stratosphere. So I don't I don't mind it. it it is what it is. It'll be interesting to see. I wish they had like the ramps out there too, or if you hit the ball, it like ramps it over the outfield wall, like MVP baseball did in 05. But uh, <laughs> it'd be cool. oh, I thought I thought I thought you meant ramps for these guys to get up on. Stage. <laughs> I mean that also is a very very valid point. <laughs> what are you, are you talking about, like mini golf where like you hit it up? No, it was right like almost ramp? like a. 
escalator without stairs, like that type of thing. They had it MVP baseball, like during batting practice or the home run derby, you could have it like out in the outfield and it was set up like there. So if you hit it at like, let's say the outfield wall was like 310, they had it at like the 280 mark. And if you hit a ball, like a line drive, it would just ramp up and it gains speed and then just shoot over the outfield wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they should just do that either yeah, way. That would be- they might, they, they should. They should do that and put fucking like monster trucks out in the outfield and all sorts of <laughs> right. shit. That'd be sweet. So you'd mentioned bunch of just bunch of deer running around. <laughs> right. Why not? Yes. <laughs> all right. You talked about uh, stages there, and there's going to be one of four teams that is going to be up on the stage cutting down the nets this season in the final Jeez. four. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That is going to be one of the Villanova Wildcats, Kansas Jayhawks, North Carolina Tar Heels, Duke Blue Devils. So first up on the The Dukies, they're on fire, baby. (laughs) The first game up on Saturday is going to be Villanova versus Kansas. Right now, Kansas is a four and a half point favorite in this one. Villanova, again, we had talked earlier in the week, had a huge injury pop up here, but both teams Rolling through the tournament, Kansas, a little bit of a struggle against Miami in the first half, but then just absolutely ran train the second half. So do you, what are you looking for in this matchup? Anything in particular here, Jell? And uh, I guess then we'll give our picks. Yeah, I I guess like I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this pick. Uh, Villanova has, I think, I think Jay Wright is the best coach in the country at least in just just game to game i coach k obviously is the is the best recruiter in the country on you know overall in terms of both recruiting and and during you know in game and game prep coach in the country but i think i think jay wright in terms of just straight up best game coach in terms of both in terms of prep and and in-game coaching. Jay Wright's the best coach in the country. I think that, but, so it's, it's. but the only thing is they just lost their number two scorer on their team with that Achilles injury, and that's going to be a major killer. I think Connor Gillespie, hopefully, you know, he's not, he's not necessarily a lights-out offensive, just, just offensive scorer, lights-out probably the best game manager in college basketball right now in terms of, you know, just, just all around play. But so, so I'm a little bit torn because Nova did lose a pretty dynamic number two score, but they have the best coach in the, in the, in the country, in my opinion. And Gillespie is, is a boss. Kansas looked flat as hell coming into that Miami game, but their, their second half, Obviously, they put on a show. My heart says Nova. What I saw in the second half says Kansas. I think I'm probably going to say Villan. I, I see Villanova coming out on top in this game just because I value Jay Wright's in-game adjustments more than I see Bill Self making in-game adjustments. And and Connor Gillespie is one of the is he's what a five six year player it feels like he's been at Villanova <laughs> yeah. forever, and and as a guard that's what matters leadership out of your guards. I see Villanova winning this game over Kansas very very tight, 
probably something in the 70s, maybe a 77, 74 type of a thing. Really good game, really close game, not a total shootout, but enough offense on both sides where it's going to be really entertaining. 77, 74 Villanova, that's my pick. Yeah, I agree with you completely as far as I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. Like you touched on, it's hard to go against Jay Wright and Connor Gillespie, but I think I'm going to take Kansas in this one. They just showed so much momentum and resilience coming back from Miami and just absolutely torching them, destroying them, and I, I see them rolling. They've got experience. Bill Self knows how to coach. He's got a national championship under his belt as well, but it – I don't know. It it is one of those that I think is going to be the closer of the two games and is kind of a coin flip at this point. If their number two scorer for Villanova hadn't gone down, I definitely would have given the edge to Villanova here and picked Villanova, but I, I think it's going to be Kansas. Moving into the second game, we've got the first ever rivalry matchup between North Carolina and Duke, which will be pretty exciting just for the rivalry factor of it. Overall, my personal opinion from when we were recapping on Monday is, uh, or on Tuesday's release when we recorded on Monday is that this Final Four overall is kind of boring, but this should be an okay matchup. North Carolina is the eight seed in that region and just kind of ran through it knocked off Baylor on the way and knocked off a couple other teams, St. Peter's this last round and Duke coach K's final run. So we'll see if the run continues on to Monday or if it ends on Saturday right now, Duke is a four point favorite and a lot of firepower in this one, North Carolina, again, riding some momentum here, knocked off Duke at coach K's last game at Cameron indoor. So little revenge for Duke, or do you see the same result for North Carolina, Joe? I think you, I, it's too hard to go against coach K and against Duke right now. I, North Carolina is obviously playing like crazy right now. I, I don't know how, why they didn't play better during the regular season because they were, they clearly have incredible talent, I think it, I think Hubert Davis has really evolved as a coach throughout the season, where he's now figuring out. <laughs> Good God, that little stretch there. All right, <laughs> I just wanted to yell into the mic. No, how did that Hubert? Yeah, I think he's I think he's probably figured out more. You know, he's learned his team. This is he's still a young coach. He's figured out his team. He's figured out ways how to motivate his individuals. And they played obviously really good basketball over the last, you know, basically this last month and a half, two months. We saw what we saw that they that UNC did beat Duke to end Coach K's or to, you know, for in Coach K's last game, last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But I can't, I, Duke's players, Duke's entire program has a different level of motivation this year where I can't imagine Coach K's last game as a coach is losing to UNC. I mean, that would sting. That makes me think, if, if that happens, that makes me think that he's going to say, screw this, I'm coming back next <laughs> right. year. Because I cannot see this happening, so I'm pro. I, I I'm gonna say Duke wins this probably by six to eight points. 
it's going to be really entertaining, but it's going to be a really good game. I mean, we saw, we saw some of these UNC bigs were, they were granted. It was against teeny tiny St. Peter's, but the bigs for UNC were great and dominant. I could see that happening again, this next game, but, but Duke does have four, four of their starting five, Four of those guys are probably going to be NBA first round picks. I think that it's just going to come down to a talent discrepancy plus Coach K and that motivation where I see Duke taking this win over UNC. Yeah, Duke getting into a Final Four, I'm not betting against Coach K at all. And like you had said, that would just be an absolute kick to the stones for him if he'd lost to North Carolina to end his coaching career, which... Not shot. That... I just I don't see it happening. Duke talent wise is a lot better talent than North Carolina. North Carolina's had a great run, like you had mentioned. North Carolina's bigs have looked fantastic this entire tournament run, but I think the Tar Heels get stuck in the tar in this one, and Duke comes out with the victory. <laughs> God. So right now we you are just full of I them. Am. Today. Lots of dad jokes. Tune in during the fall for our. <laughs> Dead Arm Dynasty podcast will roll out the Not dad jokes. Not going to get any better. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You like that joke, you'll get a lot more of those during that one. But uh, So you've got Duke, Duke Nova. I've got Duke Kansas. Who do you got cutting down the nets? I have Villanova Ooh. ruining Coach K's glorious exit to college basketball, and it's going to be Jay Wright basically taking the baton of best coach in the country from coach K and get, and he's going to take it and he's going to run with it for the next decade. I've got villain. This is going to be the perfect handoff of current best coach, coach K to the future of college basketball, Jay Wright. And that that's it. That's it. That's what that's, that's why I have Jay Wright that's why I have Villanova winning. Be funny. Also, also on top of that, not not just because of the s- storyline that I just created in my own head, but also because Villanova has a lot more of that sen- junior senior upperclassman experience. Where Duke's players, again, four of their top four of their starters are going to be first round picks. That's that's pretty much means they're all freshmen and sophomores. It's a bun- It's still a bunch of young guys. I would absolutely. I think that the I think that the leadership of some of these more senior players that Nova has, including Gillespie, who's probably like twenty eight at this point, like he's I, I think this is what it's gonna come down to and and Nova's gonna get the win. They're gonna get their they're gonna get another title under Jay Wright. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious if that did happen and Nova knocked off Duke if Jay Wright goes in for the handshake and then just gives Coach K a stunner. <laughs> This is a stone cold stunner. <laughs> Get out of here, old man. No, but Jay, no, no, some no. Coach K gives Jay Wright the old Will Smith slap. Oh gosh, <laughs> let's see that too. So my matchup, Duke Kansas. I like Duke in that one. I just I'm not betting against Coach K right now. He's gotten this far to a Final Four, and for how awesome of a coach as he's been, his longevity at Duke, the amazing Duke teams, him riding off into the sunset with a national championship just seems like a movie already in progress of being made. So I, I, (laughs) I'm going to ride with Duke here. I just, I can't, can't bet against them. So 
let's 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 okay let's put our let's put our money where our mouths are what do you say nova wins it warm beer chug for you duke wins it warm beer chug for me and if neither of those team wins it social warm beer chug social <laughs> let's do it That's a, let's go let's go yes. baby <laughs> love it hey love any way we can find to have a warm beer chug on this show <laughs> Speaking of warm beer chug, the Milwaukee Brewers brew beer. Hey, what a transition. Yes. It is time for the NL Central. You are just nailing yes. them today. He's on fire. This host is on fire. <laughs> Nailed it. But uh no, excited. Uh, Obviously, good thing I missed karaoke last yeah. weekend. <laughs> Crowd was uh excited you were not. Crowd there. would not have been uh, on fire. <laughs> no. National League Central, both Jell and my favorite teams are in this one. So very, very familiar with this division. I'll just give a little brief synopsis of the Brewers, Jell, and then I am turning that straight over to you because you are the in-house Brewers expert here. Division champs last year, 95 and 67 season. Additions this year, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Brad Boxberger, Pedro Severino. Yes! Colton Wong there in the lineup. Obviously, Christian Yelich, powerhouse there. And Rowdy Telez, Lorenzo Kane. And the big thing with the Brewers is that starting rotation. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Lauer, Hauser. Pretty solid, great rotation. Obviously, Josh Hader closing it out. I'll throw it over to you. And then I do have a follow-up question with Josh Hader as well once we're done. But, yeah, it is the floor is yours, sir. I thought you were going to say when you said a big, big move this offseason was sending JBJ away. Shit, we could have sent him to, to like, you know, Guantanamo Bay. I would have been fine with that, too. Yeah, we know your feelings. Frickin' not strong feeling. Well, strong, not great positive feelings whatsoever. No, so I, I've actually really, this is one of the more... Uh, I, I feel like the Brewers have made some really, really nice under-the-radar moves this offseason. Andrew McCutcheon, one-year deal for just over eight, you know, eight million change. He'll be he'll function as kind of like a third slash fourth outfielder for the Brewers. And the way that Craig Council likes to manage these lineups. It's gonna be a, a really sweet rotation between McCutcheon and uh Lorenzo Kane, uh Christian Yelich, and then and and the new acquisition of Hunter Renfro. I love and having that DH, that means that the Brewers are gonna be able to rotate all four of those outfielders with that within that DH position gives the Brewers so much flexibility. I absolutely love the, the, the McCutcheon acquisition. He did only hit two in the two twenties last year. However, he also slugged for 28 bombs or 27 bombs. That's pretty solid. I mean, he's obviously not the McCutcheon of the pirates, you know, a decade ago, (laughs) the early 2010s, but we, you know, for eight mil, and he's going to play a very, very regular, likely pretty close to everyday role, whether that's out in the field or as, you know, as, you know, a DH maybe once, twice a week. It's a, it's, I, I love the move there. Christian, this also allows Christian Yelich to be able to 
play more more time in that DH role. Yelich is a great defender when he's out there, but he's also over the last two seasons had a lot of injury history and having that really, really solid fourth outfielder in McCutcheon will allow Yelich to be able to use that DH role a little bit more. Same thing with Kane. Kane's been injured (laughs) again. We've got, you know, you know, the Brewers are sitting here with a ton of great outfield talent that have that has really struggled to stay on the field. Well, Kane opted out Having during a COVID too, so that was a whole season pretty much. He didn't wasn't playing and hitting too. I so. mean, let's let's be honest. Is there a, at least within this division? Is there a team where the DH benefits anybody more than the Brewers? Because this allows those four guys plus Tyrone Taylor who's going to be the fifth outfielder for the Brewers. He's already got three homers this spring. That allows all five of those guys to be able to get adequate playing time, plus time just where they're just hitting. This is this That DH being added to the NL is a huge, huge addition for this Brewers the lineup. The player that I could see maybe being a bigger DH position is I was watching this spring training game today. Daniel Vogelbeck of the Pirates, former Brewer and Cub, was absolutely horrendous out at first base, but he's a power bat in the lineup. But he's so, yeah, that, he does not belong out in the field. No, oh, I, I can't believe I, I, I sincerely can't <laughs> terrible. He's terrible. I sincerely can't believe that he was. I mean, I guess Pirates can bring him on to just play DH, but. I, I, I guess I meant in terms of teams that <laughs> will actually be competing. What, the Pirates don't compete? <laughs> <laughs> Buck them. Uh, no, I, so I really, I love the, I love the McCutcheon acquisition. I'm absolutely, I love the Hunter Renfro acquisition way, or just as much, if not more. Brewers basically just had to send over JBJ and you know some low-level prospects got back Hunter Renfro, who he hit nearly 30 home runs last season, and was a was a boss right-handed slugger for the Red Sox last season. Also on a pretty team-friendly contract, uh, not for too much longer, but he'll get the job done for the next season or two for us. Kind of basically. Pretty similar type of a player is Avisael Garcia. Avi Garcia was was one of our one of the Brewers' better hitters last season. So fill in that role with you know and get rid of JBJ's contract. Great, great move there offensively. I pretty much I mean Brewers are pretty much set in terms of the middle infield between Colton Wong at second base, Willie Adamas at short. There are definitely, though, question marks within that corner infield. I'm a Luis Arias fan to be an everyday third baseman, but, and and Rowdy Telez, I don't know if he necessarily can cut it as a f- everyday first baseman. I like Arias. I love his potential. I wish his offensive, I, I would like his offense more if he was a middle infielder but he just doesn't play the defense to be a consistent middle infielder. So what I really hope the Brewers can do, be on top of this division, 
as a homer, be on top of this division through the All-Star break, during the All-Star break, and up until the trade deadline, make a move for at least one big-name corner infielder to fill in at either that first base or third base spot, or make two... make. Or make a big move for one of those and make a smaller move for the other corner position. I don't really care. But there needs to be... Something needs to happen in at least one of those corner infield positions if the Brewers want to make a title run. Yeah. No, Brewers are, to me, the division favorites right now and should be the ones that win the division. I don't think it's really going to be too close of a race. We'll talk about the next team here. Um, Jell, before I get into my Josh Hader question, I just wanted to bring this up. We do have breaking news right now. Bruce Arians retired as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and is moving to wow. a front office position. So just wanted to so, throw that out here. I wonder if this is why Byron left, which stayed, did not decided not to take the Jags job. Or Todd now, Bowles granted, is there too. <laughs> You've got two great yeah. options oh, to be a head coach. Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles would probably be maybe the, Tom Brady, head coach. Brady is a, Brady Brady pulling the old uh, the the Paul O'Neill as player manager. Yes. Yeah. I I guess I don't. I, we can get more into that in the next episode. Yeah. I guess. But just wanted to throw that um, out there and just kind of get your for sure take. breaking yeah. news. I like gotta, I gotta yeah, love breaking, any news breaking news on the news, show. We always report to you if we're recording, but. My big, uh, I guess, regarding that Brewers starting rotation, I mean, it's it's really a battle between, but you know, you got Corbin Burns, Cy Young winner, Brendan Woodruff finished fifth in Cy Young voting last season, Freddie Peralta All Star last year, three All Cy Young winner, fifth fifth place in the Cy Young voting all-star those are your three pitchers in the in the starting rotation your only battle that you could make right now for best rotation in the NL maybe best rotation in all of baseball probably in all of baseball is the Mets just because they have they have Scherzer and DeGrom do you think that that's and that's gonna that the Brewers are going to say finally this year let's just all we need to do is embrace this starting pitching let's go balls to the walls with this starting pitching rely less on the bullpen and these are our three guys let's go get it screw the future at this point it's kind of got to be screw the future this has to be the year that the brewers go into it that that the brewers go all out because eventually Burns, Woodruff, Burns and Woodruff need, they're going to need extensions really soon. So the Brewers have to capitalize now. Yeah, that's the hard part with the Brewers just being that small market because we've seen so many times they've got such stud players that come up and then they just don't have the money to pay all of them. So yeah, Burns, I'm not sure the exact contract situation for both Woodruff and Burns, but no, the Brewers are in their window to compete right now they have been making the playoffs since 2019 so they I mean they've been getting into the playoffs but this is their window right now where if they're at the trade deadline there's a big piece out there they should go ahead and add it and 
I don't necessarily sell the farm because that's where the Brewers thrive too, is bringing up some of these guys. I mean, both Woodruff and Burns are guys that came up through the organization, played AAA and came up. But yeah, I mean, you don't get too many windows with the Brewers. I mean, it's literally every once in a while. You're on mute, by the way. Mute. Peralta was was 19 when when the Brewers traded for him with the Mariners. I think he was 18, 19 years old. So he basically yeah. came through the farm system. Which too. is awesome. I mean, that's as a baseball fan of an organization, you want that. You want to be able to see them draft prospects, see them progress. That's a sign of a fantastic organization. Where the Brewers struggle is just the money once it gets to the major league. They're utilizing a lot of guys that are under club control and that, which it's it stinks, but it is what it is. But it makes it exciting, though. Like it, It's awesome watching prospects come up through the organization and then seeing them succeed at the major league level. I, I'm, I'm totally fine with the Brewers' approach. I just think they're at some point, I mean, how long until Burns and Woodruff are both going to, be due huge mega deals it's coming up really quick and the brewers don't have that don't have the really the payroll capacity to be able to pay both of both of those two guys and they're both going to be out there looking for 30 mil a year so now you you kind of have to strike now or when or else when's it going to happen it's uh, i mean you saw what we we saw it with the Royals where they went balls deep and they made two straight World Series appearances and they won one title. And then, you know, they now, that you know, then they fall into the tank. But they always but have that good has to be worth too. it if you're a Royals fan. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. After after seeing 30, 40 years of mediocrity, I think that has to be worth it for a Royals fan. I would be absolutely into that if they can go if they can if they see at the deadline oh my god we are so close and be willing to trade away some of their you know two three you know a couple of their top prospects to get guys that they know that are known assets to contribute in a major way in the postseason if they're in that type of position at the deadline or post all-star break I'm good with them trading away guys like Bryce Terang and, and you know, Garrett Mitchell, Sam Freelich. They're young. Those are some of the top, you know, Ethan Small, some of the top five prospects that the ba- uh, Badgers, that the Brewers <laughs> have. If they know they're getting known commodities that, and it and if it ends up in at least a World Series appearance, hopefully not just for rentals, six-month rentals, three-month rentals, but you gotta go. You gotta go all in right now over these next two years, or else, or else the Brewers are screwed. Speaking of trades, Josh Hader's name has been brought up in trade conversations at the deadline last year during the off season. Do you see them moving? I mean, based on what you're saying right now, if they're in their competing window, I don't think there's any reason to trade him because he is a phenomenal closer hard to hit i mean that's what you want at the back end of that <laughs> bullpen coming he's into the, the he's game. the best reliever he's the best reliever in in major league yeah. baseball so do you see them dangling him at all as a trade piece at all at any point in time or are they pretty much locked into him now until their window's done 
I th- this year you can't there you can't send him away right now. If they're <laughs> I mean, if this potential I'm going to be heartbroken as f if this happens, but if they're you know at you know a 40% win clip at the trade deadline and it's like the Brewers don't really look like they have a shot. You could send Hater away and get a, get some really really awesome value. You could get some great prospects. Oh, yeah. But I don't see that happening. I think if the Brewers fail to make a good postseason run this season, then maybe next off season would be the time to seriously look at dealing Hater because he's got he's only got two years left, and that includes this season left on his deal. So if you can, if it doesn't look great next off season and the Brewers can get some value for hater, I'm okay with it. Uh, but I, at this point you can't move hater. I, we, this is, that's why I say this is why this year has to be the year that the Brewers really, really go for it all because Next off season is going to be where there's going to be a number of guys kind of on that fringe situation of do for an extension or they have one year left on their contract or, you know, they're a, or some of these guys that are dirt cheap, such as Urias that are dirt cheap right now, but then they're going to become arbitration eligible, which means their salary is going to go, you know, go way up. This year has to be the year that the Brewers go balls to the walls. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It just kind of seems like the stars are aligned in per se where everybody's at with their contract and where guys are at right now. So, no, I, I agree completely there. The only team I really see at this point in time that's going to be putting up a fight with the Brewers is, unfortunately, the St. Louis Cardinals. Both of our arch nemesis is, I would say, for sure, the Cubs. And you could argue the Brewers and Cubs are – the Cubs are the Brewers' biggest rival, but I think a lot of Brewers fans, especially Joe, I know hates the Cardinals a lot more than the Brewers or than the Cubs. But uh, Cardinals, not a whole lot during the offseason. Fairly quiet for the most part. Adam Wainwright, they re-signed. Steven Matz coming in from the Mets. Corey Dickerson, Nick Wittgren, and the big one, I guess, for <laughs> all the nostalgic St. Louis Cardinal fans, Albert Pujols coming back to the Cardinals to play out his final season, but Cardinals still are rolling out pretty solid lineup. You got Paul Goldschmidt there locked in at first base, one of the better first basemen in the game. Tyler O'Neill out in left field anchoring the middle of that lineup. They traded for Nolan Arenado last year from Colorado, so obviously he's an absolutely fantastic third baseman, one of the better fielding third basemen and hitting third baseman in the game. You got the ever-elusive and won't-retire Yadier Molina catching and Paul DeYoung, Harrison Bader there. Jack Flaherty anchoring that rotation. Again, he's absolutely solid money there. What do you think of the Cardinals? Do you think they're going to give the Brewers a run for their money this year? I could I could see them running it back. I mean, you can't ever really count out the Cardinals. It seems like even when it's a down year for them, they're still competing for the division. You ready for round two, big guy? Oh, I'm, I'm already halfway through my dessert right now. 
Oh, man. <laughs> do work, son. Shit. I'm behind the eight ball. Uh, no, I, I mean... I mean, I already prefaced saying that we both fucking hate the Cardinals with everything in us, but we're we're being real on the podcast. You got to tell it like it is. We try to be real, right? No, I. They're always like it's it's always stupid how like you know you you go you look up another lineup and you're like, ah, God, Molina's old and he's been old for like a decade. But he's still okay. He's still a good, you know, producing catcher. And still clutch when it matters. You know, it's some, and now they got Arenado. I mean, they've had Arenado for, well, last year. This, year, yep. this past year, yeah. And Arenado is, I mean, there's no doubt that he's an absolute stud. So they have a true anchor to that lineup in Arenado. But you still look up and down that lineup, and it's like the names don't look super sexy. I mean, Tyler O'Neill is definitely a really legit player, underrated, I think, yes. nationally. He's he's burned he's burned both uh, my Brewers and your Cubs, I'm sure, a number of times. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? But, but I feel like the Cardinals are great. always filled with those guys in the lineup. They like, always the are. Yeah. Always. I remember when Alan Craig first <laughs> yeah. came up, like. Who is this guy? He's I've never heard of him. And then he goes and just rakes for like two years. They send him away to some other team, and then he's he's no longer relevant. It's it's weird what the what the Cardinals well, I was gonna can say, do. But is there? I hate. I fucking hate saying this. Is there a better run organization, top to bottom, in MLB? From minors, all the guys that the Cardinals bring up every year through their minors, they're a team that will spend money if they need to and get the most out of what they have. I just, I hate saying it. It sucks because I hate the Cardinals with everything in me. But, man, that organization, if that was the Cubs system, I'd be happy knowing that you're literally going to be competing every year. Yeah, I mean, they're they're the class of the NL in terms of what you're just explaining. I would say that I would put the Rays right there with the yep, Cardinals even smaller in market of, too. Yep. Yeah. And the and the Rays do it with an under one hundred million dollar budget. Way, well under a one hundred <laughs> yeah, million dollar yeah. budget every year. So I put the I I'd probably say the Rays do the most with their assets. But the Cardinal but the Cardinals are like the Rays plus having more yeah. money kind of thing. <laughs> So no, the Cardinals are I mean they're really just strong organization. I lo- I as much I, and I <laughs> I hated them so damn much for my entire life and then back in like the early 2000s they there was that uh scandal where one of their scouts was like stealing scouting report or one of their guys in their front office was like stealing scouting reports from other teams i was like why don't we why don't we just like banish the cardinals from all of major league forever (laughs) (laughs) let's just do it let's just do it now i don't know they're 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 a weird scary team every year i mean i again I, i i go up and down the roster i'm not you can't be incredibly impressed with the names but for some reason, 
somehow they're going to end up winning probably close to 90 games and be there in the end. And I, I have no real good reason to think this other than this is what the Cardinals do. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with that. The rotation again, too. I mean, brought Adam Wayne right back, which he's up there in years. Jack Flaherty. Yeah, he's 40, yeah. 41. <laughs> Steven Matz. Up there in years, I'd yeah. say so. <laughs> Miles Mikolas. So, I mean, they, the rotation. Mikolas. Yep. Their rotation is pretty solid, though, too. I mean, it's not Brewers, but they're pitching Jack Fla- Jack Flattery is, he was... Going into last season was supposed to be one of Cy he was, he was favorite, really a yeah. preseason Cy Young favorite and ended up, you know, when he, he ended up getting hurt, but when he was healthy, he was especially the second half of the year, really good. Really good. So if he can stay healthy, that's just that's just he's the ace of that staff when he's healthy. And I don't know, it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Moving into the third place team from the NL Central last year, that would be the Cincinnati Reds. Some key additions, which uh, we'll put key in quotation marks here, is well, I would I would put additions <laughs> in quotation marks as well. Yes. Uh, we got uh, Mike Miner, Tommy Pham. Yeah, that's all I'm reading off. That's all that's relevant. That's, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the Tommy Pham is a nice yeah, outfielder. Tommy He's Pham. a nice, and he broke out again with the Cardinals. Of yeah. course, no, exactly. Joy, the, I, but their their biggest addition for sure is Hunter Green. He was the number one, or he was a top three. I believe he maybe went number three a few years back. Uh, came in as a as a two way player as both a shortstop and a pitcher came in he came in as a college prospect throwing 100 miles an hour and playing shortstop and hitting really well uh reds decided okay we're going to we're going to just use you as a pitcher so he's going he's going to be their number 3 starter this year and he's going to make his opening day or not opening day debut but his personal major league debut on April 10th that's going to be I as a baseball fan I'm really excited to see this because I'm not sitting here watching AAA baseball to be honest <laughs> so I haven't seen him that much outside of what I've read you know outside of you know being pumped for when he was first drafted and then just reading his scouting reports and stuff but this dude can throw in the triple digits He's going to be he's going to hopefully anchor that rotation for the Reds for, you know, the next decade plus. Um, Also, breaking news going back to Bruce Arians called it Todd Bowles, new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look at that. But no, Reds. Poor Byron. (laughs) That's all right. I mean, Byron, he's going to get his shot, but we'll I'm sure have more about that on our next podcast. We are still talking about the Reds here and Mr. Joey Votto, the first baseman anchoring the lineup so you got him in there moose former <laughs> brewer and royal there at third but they yeah they moved him they once they got rid of uh well we'll get into their departures but they <laughs> were able to move him back to his natural position at yep, third but no reds they kind of went for it all the last couple of years they traded in for trevor bauer a couple seasons back going for it and just that's kind of how the Reds are too. They're very similar to the Pirates with I'd say a little bit more money to spend than Pittsburgh, but they 
saw their window and it's kind of gone. So they don't have a ton of talent on the major league roster at this point in time. Usually finish in the middle. Every once in a while, you'll get maybe a wild card berth out of them, but it's pretty pretty easy to predict at least where they're going to finish in that division, whether it's fourth or third. But uh, <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real here. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's been Brewers, Cards, Cubs fighting for the top of the division for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it seems like. But as far as the Reds go, do you see any potential wild card berth out of this lineup? They gave a ton of pieces away. They traded some guys. We'll get into that with the Cubs. They, they sent away they sent away Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker over to the Marlins or sorry, to the Mariners uh for for some prospects winker was was an all-star last year eugenio suarez has been an all-star in the past i mean suarez castellanos is gone now too castellanos is gone yep exactly so they're they're losing three of those big hitters vado's obviously been the mainstay there you kind of wonder how long is he gonna say you know you kind of wonder is he gonna go the route of anthony rizzo and eventually you know Rizzo was kind of the face of the Cubs for so long. Kind of think Votto maybe, you know, hey, he's been the face of the Reds for so long. But maybe he's going to want to go somewhere to to kind of compete for a title. So you wonder how long Votto's still going to be there for. But no, I I mean, in terms of the Reds, like, I mean, really chance of competing this year, I'd give it a very, very teeny tiny chance. Uh, probably less than that, maybe maybe even smaller than teeny tiny. Uh, <laughs> Can't make jokes. So I'm drinking I, I, beer. <laughs> well, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> no, I I mean, what do they, what do they really have there other than I, I what? No, seriously, what what do they have? I mean, in terms of elite talent, nothing really. I th- at this point, they're just trying to rebuild this farm system, bring it back to, you know, try to revamp it with another Eugenio Suarez, another another Jesse Winker type of player. Yeah. And I, I think they just have said, okay, we, we, we went balls, to the, we went balls deep. We, you know, we, we did the Sonny Gray thing. We did the, we did the Trevor Bauer thing, brought in Wade Miley, who was really solid the previous year and we got nowhere less it's it's time to sell off the farm and and start over it's kind of the problem with some of these you know small market teams yeah. is it's you have your window you know they they have it's just small windows and and they didn't capitalize on their small window and and that's the, i guess that's it i mean and now they're they're just going to start over and try to try to run it back a few years from now any stars that you want to touch on in their rotation at all? I mean, I don't. Outside of Hunter Green, they don't have any stars, no. so no. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right, moving on to my team that I cheer for, Chicago Cubs. I've got a laundry list of additions, some more major than others. Got a. Say, Seiya <laughs> Suzuki, first home run today. We're recording on Wednesday. First, first, first hit as a Cub, yeah, home run. So take that, Marcus Stroman. Sounds like uh, that was that was Jason Hayward when he first came up with the Cardinals. Actually, yeah. 
His first major league hit was a home Braves. Run. Wasn't Braves? Braves to Cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That was yep. with the Braves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, Seiya Suzuki, somebody that I'm starting to like a lot just based on his social media presence, Marcus Stroman. He's phenomenal and just seems like a happy go lucky dude. Like, he just seems like the best dude in the world. So, absolutely love that. Hope the best for him. You talked about Wade Miley with the Reds. Cubs got him off of the waiver wire, picked him up. Um, Andralton Simmons? Andralton? Andrew Tim Simmons. Okay. Yeah. Always have trouble with that one. Jonathan Villar, Drew Smiley, Jan Gomes, David Robertson. So got uh, quite a few new names in there. A lot of these guys, I think the Cubs are going to be trying to compete this year at the same time, kind of doing what they've been doing historically, signing guys to one, two-year deals and flipping them at the trade deadline if they do anything for prospects. But you got Nick Madrigal we talked about last year. They traded for him in that Keb- Craig Kimbrell trade, but he was hurt all last year, so we got him probably going to be leading off in the lineup. Got Wilson Contreras, which we'll see if he's going to be there in the second half of the season. He's been one that it's been talked about. Are they going to try and give him an extension? Are they going to try and trade him? Ian Happ's in the middle of the order. Say so Suzuki, like we had touched on. And then you got a couple of guys that – kind of broke out and I'll put broke out in quotations last year that had nice seasons that weren't really expected to and Frank Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom and of course Jason Hayward's in the lineup got a couple years left to him <laughs> great outfielder we'll see if his hitting comes around again and Nico Horner which he just can't stay healthy right now Nico. so we'll see what he does rotation wise Kyle Hendricks is the the ace which I mean, it's kind of scary when you have an with ace nice, that throws uh, like a 89, 90 mile an hour fastball. But I mean, yeah, he paints his, those it's, corners. It's, it's, it's Greg Maddox esque. It's like a light Greg Maddox. It, it, Greg I, Maddox light. Mm, <laughs> slow down. It was Greg Maddox esque. <laughs> he had like a three. Yeah, it wasn't great last year. Three eights last yep. year. But Wade Miley. No, I. So I, I, I personally, I really like Patrick Wisdom. I, I don't. Just from what I saw a little bit last year, I know he's not, you know, he hasn't been necessarily like the most widely known guy in terms of, you know, super hot, super high end, you know, prospect. But I saw a lot out of Patrick Wisdom that I really liked last year. Do you know a fun fact about Patrick Wisdom, Joe? Guess what organization he uh, came up in? Does he still have his wisdom team? No, what organization did he come up in? Did he come up with the Brewers? No. The, Car- the, the Cardinals. I, I don't know. No, I the don't Cardinals. know. <laughs> of course. Oh, what a douche. <laughs> but just going back to the St. Louis Cardinals with guys that are like. Kind of surprised they would let him go. Yeah, well, he's up Was there he- in age. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. maybe that's I mean, He's why. older than you. <laughs> that ain't yeah. good. <laughs> but, no, I, it's going to be one of those years that they kind of have a very wide range of outcomes. The thing I'm most excited for is Brennan Davis, one of their top prospect in the organization. He's going to be making his major league debut at some point in time this year. He's going to be starting off at AAA, but he does still need to refine something. So this isn't another Chris Bryant scenario or they're trying to play with his uh, major league time at all, but he's going to be somebody that's going to be running around in their outfield for years to come. So I'm excited to ma- see him make his major league debut. Had a home run the other day, a couple home runs in pre uh, spring training so far, but they've got a couple of guys, like I said, they, 
they unloaded all of their stars, which I was torn on at the time, but ultimately is probably the right thing to do last year. It just wasn't working out with them, but they got a ton of prospects and guys in return for that. Pete Crow Armstrong's another one that I don't think he's going to be touching major leagues at all this year, but should progress up to AAA. So they've got some guys in the works right now. We'll see what they do at Wilson Contreras. They've got Miguel Amaya in the minors right now, but Miguel Amaya's got, I believe, I don't know if it's TJ or he's got something, but he's going to be out for a little bit. Do you have a thought there? I mean, I I think that the Cubs should retain him, should keep him along, and should extend Contreras. Yeah, no, he's one of the better catchers in the league. Like, his hitting sometimes, he goes into slumps with it, but... Man, his arm's good. He's a great defensive but catcher. But like that's what defensively it's Yeah, I don't I think they should lock him down, but I knowing the organization he's, he's a right huge now. He's piece of just kind of like the attitude. Like he, I feel like he's a perfect player for Chicago. Yeah. And the attitude of Chicago. He's kind of I feel like he's always just got that kind of like, you know, like Chicago kind of like little you know, chip on the shoulder kind of thing that a lot of people in Chicago have, and he fits that city really well. He pisses me off a <laughs> ton because he, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't get, like, you know, just the way he sometimes pimps his home runs. I'm cool with people pimping home runs, but it sucks when it happens against the Brewers. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, 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 hope, I hope he stays. I think that he deserves to get a long-term extension and he could be, he could kind of be that centerpiece that Rizzo was for the Cubs while they were in transit, while they were transitioning from, you know, into new young talent. Yeah, no, I, the Cubs fan in me, I hope they sign him to a long-term extension. Do I think they will? No, cause I not getting into their ownership, but it, I think they're going to end up unloading him at the trade deadline, unfortunately. But hopefully hopefully he is somebody that is long-term and they keep long-term. But we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. But overall, the Cubs, what are, your, what are your thoughts on them? What do you see the outcomes? Like I said, I'm kind of all over the board with this because if they don't get off to a hot start, they've got a lot of guys that are on short-term deals that they're going to end up unloading and then – we know how that runs for the second half of the season and probably puts them back down into fourth place again. But some of the guys that they have on the team could end up, I mean, their lineup, it's not as fearful as it was the last couple of years, but they've got a lot of guys and they're transitioning over from all of the power hitters into a better average team overall. At least that's kind of what they're shooting for. So we'll see how that out plays out with small ball, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll be a fun season and that we're competitive into August, but at the same time, I'm also skeptical and thinking that I'm going to see a lot of guys get traded away at the deadline again. I don't think that it's going to be a great season, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be a dog shit season. I, 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 I see the, I see the Cubs probably hovering around 500 probably most of the year. Maybe maybe hovering around a game under 500 probably most of the year. You got I mean, I Stroman is a great pitcher, but I don't necessarily know if he's reliable enough to be an ace on a true winning team. 
I that's that's kind of the main thing here. The bullpen is definitely a huge weakness. Oh yeah, and it that's and it was last year as well. That's prop that could be a killer where you could be going into a game leading four to one into the seventh, and then the bullpen blows it. I can see I could see a number of games being blown that way. And those are the kinds of losses that can really, really take a toll on the team. Cause it's like, shit, man, we did everything right. The first two thirds of the game and it's just not the right. And, and the, the back, you know, the, what's supposed to be our best relievers couldn't finish this game. I could see that definitely happening, leading to a number of losses, probably pissing off ownership I hope that doesn't lead to a sell-off. Again, like I said, I think that their best move is to at least bring, at least sign Contreras to a long-term deal. I don't, but I don't know what kind of what else they have beyond beyond Contreras that I necessarily love. I mean, Sayas there for what was it, a five-year contract? Yeah, that sounds right. So, hopefully, within that deal, you're ready to compete by year three of that deal. And maybe these next two years are going to be sell off again, rebuild. Hopefully two years from now, I think the Cubs, you know, if you do it right, could be back into contention, yeah. but there, you no longer have Theo Epstein who is, I mean, is he the best GM ever front probably. office guy ever Broke two in curses. the history of baseball? <laughs> are you kidding? Like he did it with the Red Sox and the Cubs who had the biggest <laughs> Losing streaks. I'm shocked time. that the did it with both of them. I'm shocked that the Guardians haven't just thrown the checkbook at him. Like, why not? <laughs> right? No. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll it'll be an interesting season, but I I'm hopeful right now that going back in time, this season right now is like our 2014 season where we're yeah, we were okay, but then 2015's when we came in. So like next season would be when we came in, got a wild card spot, made a little run, and then you had 2016. Yeah, but, but 2014, you knew you had KB, Baez, all these guys. You know, I mean, what what are you gonna do? Is Stroman gonna get you back? Uh, send away Stroman for that same type of like a Jason Hamill deal where you sent Hamill away and got back Addison Russell, Billy McKinney. Like what 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 kind of a deal are you? These are some of the things that Theo was able to do. Yeah. That right now, I don't know if you guys necess- uh, if the Cubs necessarily have the pieces in house to make a make moves like that happen. Yeah, we've got a lot of prospects that could potentially be pretty big names, but they're still they still have a long way to go in development. Speaking of teams that have a long way to go in development, seems like this Sheesh. is a broken record here. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates finished a solid 61 and 101 last year. Got star Cabrian <laughs> Hayes, so I mean that's a bright spot there. And then I'm I'm just looking at a lot of former division players that are washed up. I mean, you got Jose Quintana right now is locked into their hey, ace role. Which, probably their ace. Yeah. That's not good. Yep, not great, Bob. Uh, we touched on uh, Daniel Vogelbeck uh, in their DH in their cleanup spot, and uh, former Brewer Ben Gamble. Jill, how do you feel about that? Wow, <laughs> he's starting. That's a name I forgot about. I mean, right yep, now, yeah, easily. MLB.com, the uh, starting right fielder. That ain't that ain't good. Yeah, 
But uh, no, Zach Zach Thompson, Roberto Perez, Jose Quintana, fuck Yoshi. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try the last. Okay, let's let's move off of that. Let's just let uh, we could we could name get we could guess names all day. (laughs) Ultimately, it comes down to their only good player, currently really good player, Brian Reynolds. How long do you think he sticks around there? Because I they did they did extend contract extension talks to him and basically Reynolds shut him down. Well so I mean why wouldn't you You gotta send him away by you gotta send him away this year if you're them and try to get some decent prospects because he is a really good player. Yeah. And the he's their only good player, but he is legit. No, he's yeah, like you touched on, he's a fantastic player and it's just it is so I would be so frustrated as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. You have some absolute phenomenal guys that play for your organization, and then you trade them away and just start the entire process over with one out of every 25 years being a potential playoff year. Like, it's it's insane. But if I'm Brian Reynolds in the same spot, though, you know how Pittsburgh is. Do you really want to sign a huge contract extension and play no. for a bottom division team every single year where you've got 10,000 fans showing up in attendance, which I'm not, that's not a shot at the fans. I mean, if the team was that bad, I don't, I don't expect them to have a lot of people showing up to watch that product. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially a minor league team in cold weather during the, the early months of the season <laughs> and late months, but Gorgeous, just, gorgeous looking oh, stadium. Yeah. I've that never is been one I want to go but... to because, yeah, no, it absolutely looks phenomenal. It reminds me of kind of what I was talking about with the Twins the other day where you got the city skyline in the background. It's right on the river there. It just looks like an absolute phenomenal place to watch a game. But that product, man, it is it is brutal. And I, I feel bad for Pirates fans. I, I really do. Yeah, I, I if you're I, – I say the same thing. Basically, I'm going to repeat what I said in the previous episode about Jose Ramirez. Like, I could re-sign here and for probably less money right now for a non-contender, or I could just wait a wait two years and get a big deal and play for a and sign with a contender, and probably in between. They'll probably send me off to a contender anyways. So, Brian Reynolds, get the hell out of here. You're too good for the Pirates. I don't have anything else to say. They're finishing last in the division. Probably, there's a very good chance. I would say that there's probably like a 90% chance that they finish last in all of the National League. (laughs) Yeah, no, I... I agree completely there. So real quick, Joe, we are running out of time here. What is your final division standings then? What are what are you putting your teams in order? Uh I'm gonna go Brewers remain at the top with their with that rotation, incredible rotation, and with that adi- the additional pieces of Hunter Renfro and McCutcheon, uh, with also the prayer that they can add a corner infield piece. Uh, number two, I is I hate to do it, but I got to put the Cardinals at two. Just they're always there. Uh, three, I put the Cubs. Uh, I do like some of their pieces. I think that's good for finishing in the middle of the division. Uh, and I do I do really like. Obviously, I I love Marcus Stroman. I wish he could have an opportunity on the Brewers at some point. 
not going to be traded from the Cubs to the Brewers, but I love <laughs> Marcus Stroman. Uh, number four, I'm going to put the Reds in here. I, 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 I was, I really, really hope, like, I, I hope for their sake, Hunter Green can be everything that he's been hyped up to be because he's got just, he's just nasty, incredible athletes. Uh, I'm going to put the Reds at four and then leave the, the Bucks again at five. Pirates are going to finish last in the A or in the NL. Yeah. No, I, I have that same order, except I'm I'm going to be an optimistic and hopeful Cubs fan this year. I'm going to put them at a long two behind the Brewers and the Cardinals at three. Look at you. So, I like it. We'll see. I, I see potential there for them, and if they keep Contreras through the deadline, sign him long-term, that'll definitely help their second half of the season, but we'll – We'll see how that shakes out, but I am definitely in agreement on four and five Reds Pirates. Pirates, like you said, I, I don't see a team in the NL that's going to be worse. So, unfortunately for Pirates fans, seems like a broken record. But ran a little long for a Friday, but again, no we're, we're excited for MLB, so we want to get you as much MLB Baseball. action as we can. But we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. If you want to follow Gel, he's at Dos Gel. I am at Dos JPEG. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. We'll hit you back up or answer your question live on our next podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. And Gel, where can they find us at? Where can they find us at, Gel? <laughs> hit us up on our presenting sponsor <laughs> got lost there got lost in my own voice uh the sultry uh, voice of sponsor anchor.fm anchor on hardly know you can do it uh anchor via the app on your anchor on your apple or google play stores uh they allow us to present all of our action to you for free. Again, for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us in the DMs over Twitter or Instagram. We will send you some free sticker swag. All right. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy April Fool's Day. Make sure you play a prank on all of your friends. But again, appreciate everybody out there listening. Tell one of your friends about our podcast. Don't make that your April Fool's joke, but uh, tell, tell them about our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, so you can help that would not be great. Word. And uh, we will be back with you next week to preview the final two divisions, give you our picks, Masters talk. It is going to be an absolute huge week, so I am looking forward to it. Hope everybody has a fantastic weekend, and Joe, close her out. SpongeBob likes to say, oh, barnacles, screw the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.